Hi, I'm Kerry. I'm a sleep practitioner and I work in Leeds. Hi, I'm Gina. I'm a sleep practitioner and I work in Peterborough. I'm the mum of two teenagers, uh, one of which has complex needs. This is the Sleep Right podcast and in this episode we're talking about sleepy foods. For more information and support for families of disabled children, check out the website at scope.org.uk forward slash sleep. Hi there. Hi, Carrie. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Are you? Yes, I am. Thank you. Yeah, that's good. So, what is sleepy foods? So, sleepy foods, they're part of the golden hours. We always include a snack because what we want to do is build the child's natural melatonin kind of thing to give it a big boost. There's a lovely list of sleep inducing foods you should be able to find on the website. All of the foods actually contain tryptophan, which is a really big word, so I don't tend to use it very often. And basically, it just, if it's eaten an hour before bed, it becomes melatonin. And do you want to just tell everybody, Carrie, what melatonin does? Yep. So melatonin is released from the pineal gland. And obviously, we call it the hormone of darkness, which basically supports the brain and the body to go to sleep. Some, we know children with additional needs and disability can have lower levels of melatonin or producing melatonin at the wrong times of the day. So some children, we need to try and encourage higher levels of that production of the natural melatonin. Um, so it is released by the pineal gland and we call it the hormone of darkness. So some of the foods, if we just kind of run through a little bit of the foods and, and so especially... If you've got some children, so I've worked with quite a few that maybe eat a really restricted diet. So sometimes it is about trying to incorporate as many as you can almost into the day, not just look upon it possibly as a, you know, as a bedtime thing, but equally, you know, especially with younger children to incorporate it into your evening meal as well as kind of through a snack. So, of course, one of the big ones is milk and milk products. And that also includes soy milk as well um, and yogurts. So it's just thinking about, you know, do they want to have some warm milk or just cold milk, for instance? I often quite recommend for the milk as well, if the child can tolerate it. Um, like a banana milkshake um, like a blended banana through it the difficulty is like you say if we've got some children that have a restricted diet if they realize they usually drink milk but then they don't like bananas and milk separate but if you've tried to be cunning and put the banana through the milk but then they realize you've put something in the milk it may stop them drinking the milk so it swings and roundabouts yeah it's just kind of like you know it's just it's picking things I suppose and it depends if your child is really interested in food as well you know they can help you make the bedtime snack so some other things to think of like chicken and turkey you know I always use the example of Christmas day if your family tends to eat turkey on Christmas day you know normally everybody tends to have a little bit of a kip after Christmas dinner more often than not it's more because of the turkey possibly than anything else that you might have had (laughs) um And then there's obviously there's a lot of fish and the big one, I don't know about you, Carrie, the one I hear a lot about is cheese. A lot of people associate cheese with nightmares (laughs) and bad sleep. And that is a total, total (laughs) myth. Cheese and crackers, I often recommend, especially if we can get sort of teenagers eating sleepy foods. If we can try and get them helping, like you say, included in 
choosing their bedtime snack that's an appropriate bedtime snack and then yeah. getting them making cheese and crackers or cheese on toast cheese on toast is a big one yeah. I think yeah um and the same like you know um there's a lot of fruits like I suppose from a fruit perspective bananas is potentially one of the, one of the best ones um and equally is Cherries. almost is almost like a natural muscle relaxant and cherries as well. And I think sometimes just thinking outside the box, it doesn't have to be because we all know fresh cherries, massively expensive. Yeah. Um, but sometimes you can get cherry juice with no sugar added. So sometimes it's, you know, it's using, you know, drinking it rather than actually eating it. You know, there's a wide variety of vegetables that are really high as well, which is looking at more like in your evening meal kind of thing. And the same thing back to teenagers, you know, as long as there's no nut allergy, obviously, is like a handful of nuts. And that could be peanuts, cashews, you know, almonds. Pistachios, I think, are supposed to be really good as well. Yeah, I like pistachio, I do. And then the same thing with seeds. So, you know, like if they want to have a yogurt with some seeds on top, especially if you've got that sensory seeker who really likes like a crunch, crunchy texture. But yeah, I mean, what's what's kind of like, what are the ones that you hear a parent use? Bananas, if they can, bananas, it's either yes or no, I think, because it's the texture sometimes. So some children that can't tolerate the texture of the banana, other children that they really like them. We of, we often talk about if there's constipation issues with banana. Yeah, yeah. So not to let them have too many bananas, obviously, if they struggle with constipation. Other than that, it's usually like your dairy products. So we often recommend the milk. Again, like we've said, hot chocolate, Ovaltine. Yeah, they are milky drinks, but they're not recommended for bedtime. So, but it's usually around dairy products, yogurts, milk. Again, yogurts, you've got to look at sugar content. So usually like a fruit yogurt is usually quite good, but not ones that are downed in chocolate biscuits. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so they're ones that we, and like we said, cheese on toast or cheese on crackers. Yeah, I think it is. It's just making people aware, isn't it, as well, about all the ones to kind of avoid equally as much as the ones that produce melatonin. Because, you know, whether it's caffeinated, you know, caffeine stays in our system for four to six hours. So it's even being mindful sometimes, especially the younger children, when you're allowing them to have that sweet, you know, the sweets or the chocolate kind of thing, you know, as a treat affect things. I think one of the other really popular ones as well, and I know the recipe is online, is actually flapjack. Or, you know, so using oats, so that could be, you know, Odabix, for instance, as a cereal or, you know, something like porridge is also another good one because that's a really slow, it releases its energy slowly throughout the night. You kind of have that combination, don't you, of milk and oats. And I often recommend cereal in um, like a sleepy food if the child will eat cereals. We actually do like a non-sugar coated again. Yeah. Um, Cereal is really good for sleep. And I always say too, like, you know, because even thinking about bread, like whole wheat bread is really high in melatonin. And obviously some children are really fixated, especially those that I'm sure we've all worked with on the beige diet who just, yeah, you know, like that kind of white bread is sometimes it's like it's small steps. So it's moving to like a 50-50, you know, and getting right. them used to it before you actually make a complete change kind of thing. Yeah. But I think, yeah, I mean, foods is just one of the easy ways and especially if you've got a child who's maybe more of a grazer or you have a child who doesn't like to eat at school it just kind of gives you another opportunity doesn't it really yeah definitely and I do think it's a big thing is like when you've said before introducing it at meals like from the evening meal not just bedtime snack Um, I worked with a family um, she was the little boy was homeschooled and 
mum started to introduce sleepy foods from lunchtime onwards and she said that what she felt that was a big support in improving sleep yeah it's brilliant Um, and also I think it's mindful of like you know when you think about the day meal times are really big cues aren't they for our body to let us know like at what stage we are kind of in the day and and just kind of like cues in general like internal body cues so I think sometimes by you know especially if you do incorporate it in your evening meal along with that bedtime snack it just kind of helps build doesn't it and that's and that's what we want to look at is building that kind of sleepiness really yeah but I do think sleepy foods like you say can come into like the golden hour routine if we can get the child involved in making the snack with them yeah I've had quite a lot of parents like made the sleepy food flapjack and they've got their child involved in like the making of it 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 does then encourage the child to want to eat the end product doesn't it rather than just in front of them and I think too like sometimes too with teenagers it's that whole kind of looking at things like they can make you can do overnight oats but equally you know loads of smoothies and things like that if they'll tolerate it I hope you enjoyed our podcast today. Our Sleep Right service, like all services at Scope, are only made possible by the generous donations of our supporters. Thanks to them, we're able to be there for disabled people and their families when they need us, and to work towards a society where all disabled people enjoy equality and fairness. If you'd like to help us continue this vital work, you can make a donation or set up a regular gift today. Simply visit scope.org.uk forward slash donate or call us for free on 0808 800 3333. We're open from 8am to 7pm on weekdays and from 10am to 6pm on weekends and bank holidays. Thank you for your support.